A tree is blown down, blocking your doorway. Storm damage put a hole in your roof. Several windows have been broken from flying debris. Would you have the tools and resources you need to start your recovery? Let's talk about that when we come back. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We're going to talk about prepping for immediate household repairs after a disaster. Very important topic to talk about, something we need to plan ahead. When I was doing disaster relief, I've been out there doing repairs after dark, the night of the storm. Oh, my. And some of the stores that we could have gotten stuff from were either closed or too far away. Or damaged. (laughs) Could be. Not even open. We need to prepare ahead for these kind of things. Now, before we go any further, let's make a couple of announcements. On March the 25th, we will be at the Columbus, Mississippi Ham Fest. It is at the American Legion Post number 69, and all of that information is on our website. And we'll be there. We're participating in the Ham Fest. And we want to invite you, if you are anywhere near there, come by and meet us. We'd love to meet you. That would be so much fun. And another announcement we have for those of you in the central north Alabama area or southern middle Tennessee area, there is a weather spotting, storm spotting class that's going to be taking place. It's March 14th at... It's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock. 6 and 8, yeah. And it's at the JC building in Huntsville, Alabama. Near John Hunt Park. Near John Hunt Park. off of it, It's out near where the old airport was, if you're from the Huntsville area. All of that information is on our website as well. Sounds good. We're going to be there, so that'll be fun. Look for the old guy with the gray beard and the pretty red head that's six foot tall. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you come know, and introduce yourself to us. Absolutely. We'd love to meet you. So uh, we're talking a little bit about, uh, we're just going to touch on the topic about immediate home repairs after you've had a disaster. You're talking about a, a storm, a wind, a thunderstorm, a flood, snow, mm-hmm. anything that can have some impact upon your structure. Anything that has structural damage. Now, we had a personal experience in this. We had water coming in the house where water's not supposed to come into the house investigating that, we found a four-inch hole in the roof. Yes, it actually caused some leaking and eventual damage to some of the ceiling. It, It did. The thing is, we had the supplies and the tools necessary to make those immediate repairs. We keep small tarps. We keep some large tarps that we could cut a piece off if we needed to. And I also had some roofing shingles that were left over from when my mother's house was roofed. So those are good things to keep. If you have your roof replaced, keep that last partial bundle of shingles, and you may need to replace that somewhere down the line. But we had those things necessary, and quite honestly, Krista wasn't comfortable with me going up on the sea, up on the roof, but I went up there and repaired it, and she's glad I did. Before we go any further, let's very quickly mention our sponsors tonight. 
Yes, for Patriot, the number four in the word Patriot. They are your go-to source for survival food and gear. And when you shop the For Patriot site, use the code word PREPPER for a discount. And Pro One water filters. You can have crystal clear, clean drinking water when you need it. ProLine Digital Group. This is the group that will create your website. They'll host your website. They can create an app for you and provide you with digital leads to enhance your business. And Clean Start Antiseptic and Hand Sanitizer Concentrate. And there's a 25% discount link on our website. Base Handgun Training System. There's a link on the website there, too. This is a video in-home training system. Very effective if you want to have additional training with handgun and safety. And that's a discount link that's on our website. And also Jim Curtis Knives. Jim makes custom handmade knives that are as beautiful as they are functional. So we're talking about prepping for an immediate household repair after a disaster. And we sort of broke that down into three areas, roof damage, broken windows, or flood-soaked walls and floors. And many people listening have experienced one, two, or maybe all three of those. One thing we want to say from the beginning is, Any equipment that you have or you purchase to do this, learn to operate that equipment just as you should with any other prepping gear. Yeah, it's very important to be safe and to not go beyond your ability. Mm -hmm. If, If the gear that you're purchasing or need to have is beyond your ability or your comfort level, having the supplies and equipment may be helpful if you can locate someone else qualified to do the work for you. And the ability doesn't mean just the skills that you have. There will come a time when she won't let me get on the roof anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'll need some help with that. But one thing we want to talk about for sure is safety. Safety above all. It's not worth going up there to patch a roof if you wind up falling off and killing yourself. Well, let's talk about some of that personal protection equipment. Well, one thing you're going to want is some heavy work gloves. You're going to be pulling limbs out of the yard. You're going to be pulling debris, possibly. Maybe broken glass, nails. Broken glass in there. There's nails in there. And for that reason, you want some sturdy boots. Yeah, a good set of work boots is great for men or women because you might be stepping onto all sorts of broken things. And you've got to be very careful where you step. This is not a time to put on sandals and flip-flops. Oh, no. And it's really not a good time for tennis shoes, either. But even watching where you step, you can still step on a nail. You've got to be so careful to make sure, as Mark always says, don't put your foot down until your eyes have been there first. And don't ever put your hands where your eyes have not gone before. Exactly. You never know what's laying in there waiting for your hand to come in. You're certainly going to want some eye protection. Now, this can be safety glasses or face shield, but you want to protect those eyes. I've gotten where I wear a face shield. It's mesh so that it breathes better. But I wear a mesh shield while um, weed eating, and that protects my eyes. I've had things come back up and hit me in the eye. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Even on the lawnmower, I've had things come back up and hit me in the eye. And also, after disaster, a lot of time weather and sunshine can also be a factor. If you're doing a lot of work outside, out of doors, you're going to need some sunscreen. And it's awesome 
It's also quite important to get a sunscreen with insect repellent, depending on the season of the year. Seems like in the south, when the hurricanes come, the mosquitoes are soon to follow. Oh, they're right behind. And and that bright, hot sun, sometimes even in the mid-September, early October in this region. And, you know, you can get sunburned in the winter. Oh, one of the worst sunburns I ever had. Mm -hmm. I was on a skiing trip. Full of snow, all that white, all that white reflecting, reflecting snow. Back up. I was burnt to a crisp mm-hmm. in the freezing weather. So, yes, you, your your disaster may be in the middle of a snowstorm. It, true that. So you're going to want some eye protection and some skin protection against sunburn for sure. Yeah, and California is in that snow blizzard right now. It's crazy out there. It is. They're having they're just having unprecedented historic blizzards and rain and flooding. They're just getting pummeled. And when all this stuff melts off, they're really going to have some flooding. Yes. Yeah. Ten feet of snow <sighs> in some areas. Wowie. It's amazing. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll come back and talk about some tools and supplies that we might want to have on hand. You have your threat assessment and plan in place. Check. You have food stocked up. Check. You have your get-home bag. Check. You have your fire and first aid supplies. Check. You have a generator and auxiliary heat source. Check. You have everything you need to keep your family safe, happy, and fed for a month. Except water. A family of four would need a minimum of 120 gallons just for a month. That's a lot of water. It's heavy, and it takes up a lot of space. For less than the cost of water containers to store that 120 gallons, you can have a family-sized Pro One gravity water filter. Then, as long as you can source water from a creek, a stream, river, lake, pond, even a mud hole, you can have crystal clear, clean drinking water. We have the big plus. Not only is it the backbone of our emergency water plan, we use it every day. It makes the water taste better. It is so simple to operate. Just put unfiltered water into the top portion and clean, safe water comes out into the bottom portion. The Pro One Gravity Water Filter takes out over 200 contaminants, including viruses, bacteria, parasites, heavy metals, herbicides, and pesticides, microplastics, acids, pharmaceuticals, and more. There's a Pro One Gravity Water Filter for you. Go to our website, www.practicalprepping.info. Click on that link and check it out. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, We're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER 
to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. All right, welcome back. Let's jump into the how to deal with some home repairs after an immediate disaster. Here's a short list of tools that are very helpful. A hammer, nails, a ladder, a utility knife, and a staple gun. If you're putting tarps on, you're going to need a hammer and some nails. You're going to need a ladder to get up there. You're going to need a utility knife to cut some of those. And sometimes the tarp and plastic can be affixed by stapling. There's just all kinds of things that you can do with those tools. Let's talk about some of the supplies to have on hand. Well, you've already uh, approached the subject of tarps. And what we're talking about here is the initial immediate repairs may often be just on a temporary basis. And that's where these tarps stretched up over a torn roof or a broken window can at least buy you a little time and protection until you can get your insurance claims going forward and getting work persons to come out and get these things replaced. Yeah, you go through a tornado or a hurricane impact area and there are blue roofs all over the place. Yeah, a lot of tarps. They put a lot of tarps up. And if you need the tarp, you may not be at the big box store quick enough to get the tarps. They may be sold out before you get there. So go ahead and get some of those now. And the blue ones are the thin ones and they're inexpensive and they're good to have on hand. The gray ones are a little heavier. They are. And and may be useful for something that like a roof. A blue may work for a window, but the gray may be better for a roof. Blue works pretty well for the roof because you're not up there on it. Once you put it on, you're off the roof and it just stays there. Also, furring strips. This is just a thin little piece. It's almost like a ruler shaped. A one by two. One by two. And what I like to do is put it on the edge and roll the tarp around it one time and nail through that puts a little tension on it right and you can once you nail that down good that keeps the wind from getting under it and keeps it from ripping out and that's why the cheaper tarp will actually work for that i like that little fold over technique Mm -hmm. idea that's very smart you you can do that and use something like some four inch nails you want to have some nails on on hand you may need some roofing nails you may need to nail some of your roofing back down. You just may have some peeled up or you might need to replace one or two. I know that our daughter went through a tornado and seven houses from her was total destruction. You could stand out in front of the house and see all the way through it. But all she did, she lost about five or six shingles on her roof. That was and so a having it, it was, it was. And having the supplies to do that, the hammer, the nails, and the ladder to get up there, very, very good thing to do. And we mentioned a stapler. Uh, You may want to have some staples to be able to put some of that stuff down, especially when it comes to covering a window. Staples will work very well 
in covering that window. Now, you're not talking about a regular stapler. You're talking about a construction building stapler, yeah. like a the Pro- type that you would do in construction. Yeah. Uh, not a, a not a household stapler. Not a household, not a paper stapler. Right. Okay. You're, you're talking about one that you squeeze and it shoots out the half inch or three quarter inch staple. Gotcha. Or something with some substance to it. And you're going to want to put that plastic and you want to have a roll of plastic on hand as well. And to put that over the windows, and you just staple that into place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it works very well. And you're not going to do that with a paper stapler. Gotcha. Gotcha. Also, you already alluded to this, but some extra roofing shingles and roofing tar. If you have had a, a roofing job recently, if it's left over, keep those things. Or you can actually go and purchase just some roofing, just a, a flat of roofing shingles just to have on hand, mm-hmm. and some roofing tar to be able to seal them down. They also call it roofing cement. The idea is there, and what I had to do in repairing ours, since I was not at the beginning or the end of it, what I had to do was to slide them up under there, slide the shingle up under the shingle that was still there. And I took my, I use a paint stick, and use something that you can throw away when you get through with it because it's going to have that tar on it and you're not going to get it clean. And I would put it under there and spread it and then press it down. And that cements that to the next one. And then you can continue going after that. Handy. So having some of that. Now, saws. Uh, one is a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It's a tool that you may need. Uh, to be able to get the trees out of your yard. Now, the size of your chainsaw is going to determine the size of the tree that you can handle. The size of the saw is also going to be determined by what you're able to have. And there's all different sizes of chainsaw. I even have a handheld that has a six-inch blade, Mm -hmm. and it's perfect for very small limbs. I actually use it for pruning in the spring Mm -hmm. and for small things. But I could, you know, it's not heavy. I can certainly handle it, and I can knock out some probably inch and a quarter limbs, no sweat. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's real good. And you want to have the tools for that chainsaw. You want to have some gas for it. It's probably a two-cycle engine, so you're going to need to have some two-cycle oil, and you're definitely going to need to have some bar oil. You're going to want some files for sharpening. I like to keep an extra chain. I have broken those chains before. I actually keep an extra bar because I have destroyed a bar while using it. Yep, it can happen. You have to treat your saw right, and this was a bigger tree than I probably should have been cutting with this particular saw. It was an 18-inch, but it's still bigger than I probably should have been handling. We had a 36-inch saw available, but I didn't go back and get that. And I pinched that bar to where I ruined the the guides and that Oh, my word. So having an extra bar is a good thing to do. But now I've gone to electric chainsaw. Now I have my big gas one that I can use for disaster or something. But here around the house, I use my electric chainsaw. Now gas runs longer than you really want to work. If you fill it up, you when you run it out, you're really going to want to take a break. <laughs> but our chainsaw runs, and it's an 80-volt. And it runs about 30 minutes per battery, and we have two batteries, and it recharges quickly. So if I want to continue, it's the same battery that fits the chainsaw, the blower, and the string trimmer. Any one of those can, except the blower, by the time I run through two batteries, even though that, thir- that 
third one would be about charged up, I'm ready to take a break. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm about I'm worn sure. out there. Right. But the electric tools, there's no starting problems. You just add some chain oil and a way to recharge your batteries, and you're good to go. Now, we can use a generator. And on some tools, we have recharged the batteries in our Jeep with an inverter on the battery in the Jeep. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, what that is, where you can get them, and why that is so convenient. Well, an inverter changes 12-volt DC to 120-volt AC. It's basically a plug, Mm -hmm. like you'd have in the house. Exactly. And we used to run the television off of one down in the camper at the hunting club when we didn't have power in there. We ran my CPAP off of it. And you can get them at all sorts of stores, anything from the home improvement stores. You can get them at Harbor Freight. You can get them at truck stops. You can get them at Walmart. Question for you. How do you connect the inverter to the car battery? Well, in our case, I use the alligator clips. I clip it straight onto the battery because we're drawing more than the lighter plug would pull. I see. Lighter plug is about five amps, and on some of the things we're drawing seven, eight amps in recharging and the things that we do. And you could even hook in a skill saw or something like that, or drill, corded drill, and use it that way. Clever. But it gives you 120 volt AC from DC. But if you're using something heavy, connect straight to the battery, not to the lighter plug. I remember using the inverter on the inside of the car when we actually plugged in some phone charger Mm -hmm. cable heads. And I thought, this is just like plugging into your outlet in your house. Exactly. You just plug into the inverter. Now, that would run through, and we were running it through a lighter plug in there. So you're only drawing like two and a half amps on that cell phone charger and the the thing, the lighter plug will go up to five amps. I've run computers off of them in the car. And then these inverters are not terribly expensive. Not terribly expensive for what most of us are going to buy. Now, yeah. there are some that are extremely expensive, and a lot of these truckers will have heavy duty. What we call show enough. Show enough <laughs> inverters because they're running microwaves. They're running oh, yeah, they're air running, conditioning. Yeah, I mean, appliances. Their house such. is in the back of that truck mm-hmm. when they're when they're working and so they need a lot of power with that now if you're going to have that chainsaw and you're going to be felling any trees or even cutting up trees that are already laying down get you some plastic wedges they're great for felling trees you can help control where they go and when they go and you can use them for unbinding your chain i know what you're talking about when the chain saw gets hung up in a mm-hmm. trunk, and it's it, it's not coming out. It's not going back in. It stops. It stops. You can wedge the cut side of that tree up enough to loosen that. Now, what saw. I like to do is once I cut down into it three or four inches, I go ahead and put my wedge in the top, and I hit it with a hammer to keep that from closing up on my side. Oh, that's smart. And then as I cut further down, I just take my hammer, which I keep on my side, And I just knock that wedge a little further down in there. And you'll get all the way to the end and not bind your chain that way. Exactly. Of course, you can also use your basic handsaw. It's a much more low-tech way to do it, but it can do the job if you're willing to put some shoulder into it. Well, and you may have something that you need to cut that's not 
like a 36-inch tree. Exactly. You may need to cut a two-by-four. Mm-hmm. You may need to cut two-by-twos or something like that. You may need to cut your furring strips off, and a handsaw works great for that. Yeah. You might also want to have a hacksaw on hand, and you can cut water pipe with that, and, and it might be that you have some damaged water pipe and you need to replace some. You may need to cut into it. You may Any number of things you may have that you need to cut that's metal that the hacksaw will cut. So you may want to have one of those on as well. Excellent. Good information. So these are some items that you can pick up here and there. You don't have to run out right now and buy them all, but a little bit along before you're faced with having to do these home repairs after disaster, go ahead and start stockpiling your home repair prep resource kit. Mm -hmm. And we'll publish this on the website as well so that you can have a list of things. And you may already have some of these, if not all. And if so, you're in good shape. So just make sure you know how to use what you're using and that it's all serviced well and up to date and ready when you need it. And be safe as you use it. Now, if you would like to support the podcast, and we're asking that you do so, and we're so appreciative of those of you that have done so, you can contribute at Buy Me a Coffee. There's a link on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. I want to remind you that 10% of every dollar that comes into us through our supporters, our sponsors, and our advertisers goes to support St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So not only are you supporting our podcast, you're also supporting the fight against childhood cancer. An amazing hospital. If you're not familiar with their story, they're on the cutting edge of childhood cancer and no patient or family ever pays the bill. And they also share their research with hospitals all over the world. Mm -hmm. Great organization to support. And so we have decided that the podcast will be giving back by donating to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And remember, stuff happens. Please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.